0: this evening? It's number 756. 756, when we all get to heaven. If you would let stand for this song, please. Sing the wonder. Of invitation would be number 50. Number 50. Are you washed in the blood?
1: In the first century, the Holy Spirit is so active, you might be forgiven for believing that people played no part in what's going on in the early church. But if you turn to the book of Acts, chapter 8, you're going to see something that's quite, uh, quite to the contrary. In fact, you know these stories, right? When the Ethiopian eunuch uh, is being taught, he's not directly taught by the Holy Spirit, is he? In fact, uh, the Spirit is the one who tells Philip to go find him. Uh, if you notice uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 29, The Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join This chair, and so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And and the rest is, is history, but it's not the spirit teaching the eunuch, it's the spirit telling Philip, Hey, there's someone over there that's interested in truth, and you go tell him. Would it not have been much simpler for the spirit simply to have given the Ethiopian eunuch the knowledge just? From on high, you know, so that Eunuch would have just automatically known what was appropriate for him to do for salvation. Certainly, that would have been easier, but that's not how God wants to work, is it? He constantly, continuously, consistently wants to work through people, and in fact, that's the only mode that He will work through. He will not impress on us Himself; He will use us. To impress on other people. If you look in uh, the next chapter, in chapter 9, you have a very similar incident with a completely different person. It's not the eunuch this time. It's a guy named Saul. And he is wanting to know the truth. But the Holy Spirit, again, Jesus plays a very active role in Saul's conversion. You know that. And again, it would have been very easy for Jesus himself to put the information inside Saul's head. This is what you need to do to be saved. That's not what he does, is it? He tells him to go find a guy. His name's Ananias. Ananias is going to tell you what to do to be saved. God consistently, continuously works through us, works through people. So if you're waiting for God to do something incredible without you working on it, you're going to be waiting for a while. That's not what he does. He works through people. So we better get to work, right? Sunday, we touched on this for just a second in Ephesians chapter 4. uh, Paul alludes to this idea that the whole body is being, when it works perfectly, when each component, when each member is working as we should, the whole body's built itself up in love. We're all doing what we should be doing, and we are growing. God likes to work through people. Let me take you back to the Old Testament book of Exodus I want you to meet Moses at the burning bush. You're familiar, again, with this story, I know. But when Moses looks off in the distance and he sees the the bush burning, he goes over to it because this is a curiosity. What's going on with this bush? Why is it on fire but not being burnt up? And so he walks over and hears the voice. Where you're standing is holy ground. You need to take your shoes off. So Moses takes his sandals off. He steps closer, and it's Yahweh. He's meeting the God of his fathers, the God that he's never had any contact with, as far as we know, as far as scripture tells us. This is the first meeting of Yahweh and Moses, and certainly, for all we know, the first contact um, that Moses has had with Yahweh himself. I'm sure he's heard stories uh, from Jacob and Amram, Moses' parents. Uh, They had that opportunity for several years there to Uh, to raise him as their own uh, before sending him off to the palace. Um, So I'm sure he's heard stories about Yahweh and and the marvelous things that he's done in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's lives and and his power and what he's capable of. And so possibly when he hears Yahweh speaking to him from this bush, the name rings with some familiarity. But... Yahweh has something that he wants him to do in this instance. He wants him to return back to Egypt, the place he's just fled from. And you're supposed to deliver Israel. Oh, it's a big job, isn't it? And Moses is, thinks he is unqualified. He's not equipped for it. Do you ever feel ill-equipped? Most of us do, don't we? we? We think that we're not equipped well enough to be able to do the work of the Lord. He says, well, I, I choose to only work through you. I don't directly work on anyone i i use humans to affect the pe- the the people around them that, that i am calling to myself and so with moses when moses throws up an objection they're not going to believe me how, what give me a what's how 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 are they going to believe me and god has this really interesting phrase he tells Moses to look in his hand. What's in your hand, Moses? And Moses is like, well, it's a staff. I've been carrying it for about 40 years now because I'm a shepherd. I've been a shepherd for a long time. And it's a shepherd's tool. And you throw it down, right? What happens if Moses doesn't throw it down? What happens if Moses says, don't eh, I don't think I'm going to throw it down. I don't know why he would do that, but sometimes we do that, don't we? We push back against God using us because we don't think we're equipped. Moses doesn't think he's equipped. To be able to do what God wants him to do. But he is, isn't he? In fact, he's got everything he needs in his hands. Sometimes, to get the deliverance that you want, we rephrase that every time, to get the deliverance that you want, you've got to show the obedience that's necessary. Obedience. Moses threw the staff down and deliverance came, didn't it? Eventually, deliverance came for Israel. It came for Moses. It came for Israel. But not without obedience. What's interesting to me is right after this, Moses is still not on board. He's still feeling a little bit of tension. Maybe he's a little bit afraid. Maybe he's still thinking he's not equipped well enough to be able to do this job. So now God says, well, you're going to go, and you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses has this next object, objection, and it's, I'm not a very good speaker, and that's when God gets mad. You go back and you look at Exodus chapter four, you see His anger in verse ten. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, O my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who made him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? It is not I, the Lord. Now therefore go and I'll be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. I've given you everything you need to do this job. That's That's what God is telling Moses. You've got everything you need. You don't think you're well equipped. You're wrong. Sometimes we're wrong, right? If you don't think you're well-equipped enough to be able to do the work of the Lord, go back and read your Bible. He's given us everything we need to be able to do the work. But we still throw up objections, don't we? We still, we still push back a little bit sometimes, don't we? Either through fear or, or whatever else. We, we still we find it difficult sometimes to do this work. And Moses is, is in the exact same boat as we are. In verse 13, he said, Oh, my Lord, just send someone else. Just find somebody else to do this work. If, if you could just find someone else to do the job that you're calling me to do, that'd be great. Somebody else would do it, right? Who ever thought that? Somebody else would just do this. If, if I just wait and, and, and let this, this happen, somebody else will pick up the ball that, that I dropped. That's what Moses is saying. Verse 14 is where you see God get mad. He's equipped him to do the work, but Moses doesn't want to do it. And then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he's coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. I've given you everything you need to be able to do this job. Go do it. That's the end of the matter. To get deliverance, you need obedience. Tonight, are you obedient? Are you doing everything you need to do to be able to be equipped to do the work of the Lord? Tonight, if you've not been baptized into Christ, you're still struggling with your sins. But it doesn't have to be that way. He can wash you clean of those sins and make you a brand new creation. Someone who is focused on doing his work, obedience, because of the deliverance. Tonight, if you've already been baptized and you just need the prayers of this congregation, we'd love to pray with you and for you that you can be everything that God would have you to be. If you have any need tonight, will not you come as we stand and sing?
0: with me father we uh, come to you this evening thankful that we're able to uh, gather here and father sing songs of praises to you and, and study your word and and father we uh, pray that you'll help us to uh to always share your word father and and help us to uh, teach others and and not just by word by example father the way we live our lives and we're uh Father, mindful of those that was mentioned here tonight, and we pray for Jimmy Wilgus that uh, that you'll be with him, Father, and, and bless his body the next uh, three weeks, Father. That he's able to uh, take the the medicines, and and we pray that that they work for him, and and we pray, Father, for Jim Haning, you'll continue to bless him, and Jennifer Baker, and and uh, and Hank Picklesimer, and and Father, others, and and. We pray for uh, Judy Jordan and her upcoming procedure that uh, it'll go well, Father. When they decide to do that again, and we pray for John Klein that he'll continue to get better. And Father, we uh, ask blessings on our shut-ins, Father, that uh, you'll help us to always remember them, Father, and do what we can for them. Be with us as we go to our classes, and and we pray, Father, that. Uh, You'll be with their teachers this evening and help them to have a ready remembrance of things they've studied, and help us, Father, to uh, to be good listeners and to be good doers of Your Word. We thank You for Jesus. In His name, we pray. Amen.